Episode 97 of the Plant Cutting Podcast is upon us, and today we have herbalist, author, teacher, artist, Margie Flint. We're very privileged to have her on the show today, very excited to have her, and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty about how to actually be a practicing herbalist. She's written a book, which is now in its uh, fourth edition. We've got the second edition here. Um, called The Practicing Herbalist, and it gets to all sorts of practical advice for setting up your office, the room that you see clients in, um, the the intake form you have them fill out, everything. And uh, we get into, with Margie, facial diagnosis, diagnosis based on the face, hands, tongue, all that kind of stuff, as well as how she cleanses her her space between clients and the... Legacy of uh, William Lasassier and her other teachers like Rosemary Gladstar and Matthew Wood. So it's a it's a really fun episode, and uh, here we go. All right, welcome to the Plant Cunning Podcast. Hi, Margie Flynn. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for being here with Isaac and I. It's really nice to get to chat with you. I'm excited. So uh, Margie is an herbalist and a mentor and teacher to many people, and she's written an amazing book called The Practicing Herbalist. That's sort of a go-to guide. We have an older edition. Margie has the latest edition there, <laughs> and we're going to um, talk about that and talk about you know herbalism in general, but would you like to introduce yourself um, and talk about how you came to the plant path, Margie? Oh, Sure. Uh, let's see, the plant path began in 19, well, according to my mother, mm-hmm. I was always picking up weeds and uh-huh. shoving them into people's mouths and telling them. <laughs> them. So I guess my plant career began with the plants. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, officially, it would have been 1974. And at that time, the Gaia Herb Symposiums were going on. And um uh, I went to that because I was in art school nearby and I thought, oh, this is cool. Herbalists, whatever they are, uh-huh. went to the first conference and it was like, I met my people. Uh, when we, there were only 65 people, including all the teachers and the cooks. Wow. <laughs> so, uh-huh. When it was closing circle, I just started sobbing. It was like, I didn't want to leave. Oh, you know, I had, oh. I had met the people I belonged with. So, you know, I, one of my favorite sayings is the herbs will have their way. Mm. You know, they, they control, you know, who becomes a practitioner mm. and who becomes a gardener, who becomes a grower, who becomes a, a shop owner Everybody has their gifts and knowing which niche you're supposed to be in is really cool because Mm. I really feel like I didn't have a whole lot of power over what happened. Interesting. Yeah. And crazy things happened like, um, 1974. Well, so, uh, Hmm. How much of the story do you want? Let's talk about, oh, it's in the book. People can read that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any um, teachers or mentors that you um, were heavily influenced by that you want to talk totally. about? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, first teachers, Rosemary Gladstar and David Winston, I met at that conference. Oh, cool. Yeah. And Rosemary I had on a skirt with a beautiful slip and she had on a skirt. This was back in the hippie days, you know, when we all wore flowing skirts and, you know, wafted around. And uh, so we just, you know, I love beauty. She loves beauty. We sat around talking about our slips. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're an artist. Cool. Well, you know, let me see your work. And I showed her my work and, and I said, well, do you want to trade for, the apprentice program and she said sure so that's that's as simple as it is it's like you have a conversation you share your heart you open yourself to change and Mm. receiving you know listen to the words that are spoken yeah you know 
when people come into your life and for instance make a suggestion oh you might try you know teaching at libraries or you know going to the ymca or whatever to share your classes those are all you're meant to hear all of those things i do believe in synchronicity mm -hmm. big time yeah yeah big time mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so and david winston uh he felt like a brother mm -hmm. right away and i remember i had a dream that we were bears <gasps> and talking away and weeks later i told him about that he goes oh my god that's big medicine you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. i didn't know that um and you know, back in the day, he would drive here from New Jersey and teach up at my dining room table to five people. Oh, wow. and that was the way I got to learn with two little kids running around. Uh -huh. And and he would teach and to drive home. Can you imagine nowadays? Yeah. I mean, to have David come and teach is thousands of dollars. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> every penny. Right. So, um, so David you know, Rosemary was folk medicine. Yeah. More, and David was more a mix of um, First Nation beliefs and Chinese medicine and very, very much more into the scientific mm -hmm. with yeah. a nice blend of others. And um, so they were my first two. And then, you know, Cascade Anderson Geller and Brigitte Mars, sort of, there's a whole generation of herbalists that began the herbal movement in the United States. And so, you know, at each conference, I would meet more of those people. And uh, then uh, Matthew Wood. Yeah. And Matt is totally different than Rosemary and David. Yeah. <laughs> teacher had a very different flavor of who they were how they practice what dosages they used mm. even the simple preparation of mm. making a tincture all three had totally different ways interesting i know <laughs> so it's like <laughs> and i love that about herbal medicine rarely is there a bad way to do things right. you know I do believe you should understand why you're doing it in a certain way. But I remember Nikki Telks and I, she Telka, she she believes that she's also a teacher of mine, even mm -hmm. though she's a student. She's mm -hmm. also a teacher. And um you get really smart after a while and realize, oh, my students are my teachers. Yes. That's really nice. So anyway, she <laughs> said, uh, oh, you really should measure out your herbs and your alcohol. And, and of course, I'm thinking, I'm too busy for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I said, let's do an experiment. You do it your way. I'll do it my way and we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, put my herbs in the jar and then she took them out and measured them. <laughs> yeah. Then I put my alcohol in. She figured out how much was out of the bottle. Okay. We did our whole thing it, they were exactly the same oh my gosh no way. <laughs> that's, that's like intuition you know like yeah oh exactly just by the it's just yeah, the folk by. method put yeah. it in cover it with alcohol until there's two inches of clear ahead yeah and if it's roots the jar will expand two times so be careful uh-huh so yeah so other teachers william lasassier of course yeah. he's the one William, he was a character. That man traveled across the country starting at the age of 16 from Lubbock, Texas. Wow. And traveled across the country teaching at the age of 16 and being an herbalist and being totally eccentric and wild. I did not know him then, and it's probably just as well. It caught it. Yeah could have been dangerous so uh, <laughs> so i met him late in his life toward the end of his life actually and he um had the this western medicine approach not that's not right uh western earth tradition of diagnosing the face nails tongue temperature everything and when you know david had 
taught me that class three or four times. And, you know, I'm not a fast learner. <laughs> and William taught it, boom, it was in. It was like everything funneled into my head and okay. the sparkles happened and it was embedded in me. Wow. It was so cool. And um, so he, you know, his teachings have really been pivotal in educating herbalists. Mm -hmm. you know how if you can look at somebody and know oh my god they have large intestine lines coming down and they have large intestine lines going across their forehead they're complaining of digestive issues their tongue is thick and coated with crevices you have lots of indications going you're on the right path uh-huh yeah you know good job yeah. <laughs> so Very important. you know i think indications should be taught to herbalists young in uh -huh. the early years yeah weeks and weeks of torture right that's really interesting well yeah it seems very important too to get to get started young with that because it takes a while to get a feel for it mm -hmm. um, yeah and in person is always best i mean i learn best by sitting at the knee of my teacher mm. you know i'm not a great book learner funny that i wrote a book but um I I learn best like literally either sitting beside or in front of, but really in physical proximity to my teacher. That's it's just the best way for me to learn. And you learn so many subtleties. You know, I always think everything is in the book, and then somebody will say, No, that's not in the book. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had to get it all in there. But um, yeah, William was amazing yeah he's not as well known in like the up-and-coming herbalist group really? as um yeah like i think uh just two years ago is when i first actually heard about him and i studied with seven song and um for some reason he never really came up in conversation and i don't know it like I might have seen his name written, but um, I didn't realize what a big impact he yeah. had on the herbal community and on my oh, teachers. Yeah. You know, he was a huge influence on David Winston. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he was around with the Tierras and Rosemary, and you know, all the big herbalists from yeah. the sixties were influenced by William. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of people, you know, these days the man would be totally in trouble. There's no boundaries. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> it's a big class I teach. Um, <laughs> um, you know, so he would have just been in trouble, you know, yeah. which is an interesting thing. You know, a teacher often has much to teach, even though they may not be living in a way that you admire. Mm, but I mean, yeah. it's like yeah. presidents and yeah, Brown and all that stuff. It's like, are they a good president? Yep, there's all this other stuff going on, but yeah, yeah. totally. I, I have learned not to judge people. I try really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, people are multifaceted and they can yeah. have really amazing gifts in one area and then have a shadow side that they've never, you know, really delved into or addressed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the way it is. <laughs> We're all unique. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but so where did, where did he learn these techniques of, of like diagnosis? So he, uh, he studied Chinese medicine. He studied a lot of native, but not just here in the United States, but he traveled quite a bit to South America, uh, Mexico. I know he was there because he was in prison for a while there. <laughs> <laughs> you know those were the days you got thrown in jail for having a joint you know yeah uh -huh. totally so um huna which is hawaiian so chinese local this continent stuff ayurveda you know so he was a mixer mm -hmm. yeah. you know he it, which is how I see myself too. I'm, you know, my work is eclectic. Yeah. It's, I, I love the Ayurvedic doshas. Yeah. If I know that my client is Pitta, 
I know they'll do whatever I say. Right. <laughs> as, long as I'm, they think I'm smarter than they are. Uh-huh. But if uh -huh. they think I'm not, they won't do anything you say. Exactly. And if they're kapha, I know I have to rely on their gastronomical delights because it's all about things tasting good yeah and if they're vata they're gonna have to set a cell phone or live with a pitta to tell them what to do yeah <laughs> they're never gonna remember to take anything and even if the alarm goes off they might forget yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> that's real <laughs> yeah yeah do you have a question or well just interesting to me with the the um the doshas like how they are the same but different than the elements you know like they have like all four elements yeah. turned into three um but it makes me wonder so so there's like uh kapha is water and earth right and then vata is like air air, and, air. air, air and, and ether okay okay and then so so what's the why why isn't there a fourth one i <laughs> mean is there a fourth one i you know i've everyone always tries to blend mm -hmm. to, to have it all fit together nicely like a yeah. puzzle it's like oh we're going to take chinese medicine and make the five elements match to ayurveda and then we're going to take this yeah. other tradition and make it match but sometimes you just can't do it yeah you can't do it and you know i am not an ayurvedic practitioner but i want to know who my person is in front of me because that's how i learn compliance right and a lot of temperature and heat stuff you know you can't give pitta stimulants or they just spin around in the ceiling uh-huh so yeah. you know, different sense. traditions for me offer um different tools yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. different so, lenses languages and then yeah. that's how you yeah and you could do it a number of different ways, but these are the ones that you've learned and worked for you. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everybody else can pick the ones that work for them. Yeah. When you were speaking earlier to different people following following their threads and finding their unique gifts in different herbal realms, whether it's in, they become an herb shop owner or a gardener, um, that's something that I, I think is really present in students who are just graduating from herb school and now they're like, okay, what's next? And I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit more to how you can find your unique path and your the people that that will be the best to work with, you know? Yeah. So my first suggestion is most herbalists go into herbal studies thinking they want to be a practitioner. Once you begin practicing, you will quickly determine how comfortable you are actually doing that. Mm. Some people are not great with people. Mm. They're better with plants or dogs or cats or, yeah. you know, to be a farmer is a fabulous thing for herbalists. I mean, I rely on really good, conscious, prayerful, earth-centered farmers to grow my herbs. You know, that's a huge gift. And knowing, oh, maybe I shouldn't be practicing because I get bored. You know, I've seen people literally get bored during a consultation. It's like, no, you should be fascinated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> right. Um, so that's one thing. Um, some people love research. Yeah. So they're, they're you know, I have a couple of floors of fabulous library but do i rely mostly on books i did when i was younger when i was a beginning student i i would have 10 books on the dining room table at all times mm -hmm. you know so whatever herb i was using i would research before i would actually use it mm -hmm. good study practice do i do that now yeah no i'm yeah. terrible now I hardly ever do that. I uh -huh. I really think I should start going back into the la that library and it could be fun. Yeah. Some of those books that I haven't touched. Yeah. Well, then I guess at this point, you know, you've already internalized all of that information and then you've had your experience, you know, so you don't really need, need to. Well, you always need it. Be, um, uh -huh. It was Brooke Medicine Eagle said, uh, be cautious because the energy on the plant 
planet is changing mm -hmm. and that will change the energy of the plants it's like if you get plants grown in china and plants grown here like astragalus uh-huh they're a little different yeah. okay it's yeah. vibrational yeah you know, the magnetic fields and the way the soil is and the environment all of that affects everything growing including us yeah and so you know that's a thought about how things will change yeah yeah you gotta be on your toes actually i was speaking to uh, a chinese woman lately who was saying that in her opinion you, you know you only get plants from where they are naturally grow you know they don't have the same medicine like american ginseng grown in china is not going to be you know the same and astragalus grown in the u.s is not going to be the same maybe but that also leads to questions about like then should you should you only be using plants that grow around where you are <laughs> where you live no there was always trade mm -hmm. yeah that's i mean my my thought is from as soon as man was walking the earth he was bartering yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I have this you have that I wish we were all better at that I think if we all shared and traded there'd be a happier planet right you know people with water could have some share it and yeah wood could share it you know and all of that but I, I we have traded through all time you know, I think when herbs present themselves all around you in your own grounds, there's a message, you know, like last year, cleavers was everywhere. It's like, okay, Miss COVID fat girl, you know, it's time for a little lymphatic drainage. Cleavers and lymph cleansers. That's really interesting. Yeah, I had an experience with cleavers just before the snow started here, like it, it's melted now, but we had this big snowstorm and I noticed a big cleavers plant popped up in the yard. And I was like, oh, interesting. Maybe I should, you know, harvest that. And um, I think it was, yeah, the next day my, my neighbor came by and asked for some more lymphatic cleanser. Um, and I was like, oh, well, lucky for you. <laughs> yeah. and just made some before the snow. If I waited one more day, I would have missed it. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And plants yeah, are incredible. I mean, we have a lot of snow. We haven't had any here yet, but mm -hmm. I'll often be able to go out and find plantain leaves or mm -hmm. celandine or something like that. Nice. When the snow is there, you just move it aside and they're uh -huh. green and juicy and fresh as ever. Wow. Yeah. They that is amazing. Of course, you get feet of snow. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Yeah. yeah. You can still sometimes do that. Yeah, yeah, there's like little motherwort. Uh, well, not the we use that too, but yeah, like uh, what are they called? Rosettes. Or <laughs> Rosettes. Yeah, yeah. yeah Under the snow. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you went down the path of clinical herbalist and teacher and author. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your practice and your career? Sure. That's like. Yeah, I mean, how did how did I become a practitioner? Yeah. Well, I knew I wanted to study herbal medicine because I went to that first conference and then I was addicted. And I remember there was a point where a woman knocked on the door and I didn't know her. And she said, um, I, I hear you're an herbalist. And I said, oh, I'm studying herbs. <laughs> She said, no, uh, I'm here. I need to see you because I have whatever the issue was. And I know you can help me. I said, oh, no, I'm not qualified to see you, which honestly, I think is a healthy attitude. I agree. Yeah. And she wouldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I let her come in and asked her questions. I didn't even at that point have a full intake form of my own. You know, I used the one from Rosemary's correspondence course. Nice, yeah. <clears throat> and took probably two hours to ask all those questions, you know, oh. and did learn after years to, you know, cut that time frame down. Mm -hmm. But um, again, the herbs will have their way. You know, people 
I didn't advertise. It was all word of mouth. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess that's one way you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just yes. keep coming through the door. And then when I began teaching apprentice programs, I didn't feel qualified. Rosemary called me up and said, oh, Margie, um, I'm going to uh, send you my overflow for apprentices. I said, I can't teach herbal medicine. I'm just a beginner. She goes, oh, well, <laughs> I've already sent them. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to learn real quick. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. As I said before, the synchronicity of events is so important to listen to. Literally threw me out of the nest. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, how did the book begin? She had me come up and teach like how I think it was. Maybe it was, um, a, could I write a little something on how to how to do an intake and maybe set up my office? Mm. It was like 45 pages of a copy shop, spiral bound. Oh, wow. Nice. That was the first book. Wow. Yeah. yeah. She pulls it out every once in a while and goes, <laughs> <"Remember> <laughs> look, what, look what I did. <laughs> I encouraged you. She, she would never say that yeah yeah <laughs> but she is one of the most humble people I know yeah yeah no she's amazing yeah yeah so let's see practice started that way uh-huh. book, the book had its own energy too mm-hmm. and I do think it is the book is um the legacy of William Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. It really, it is what keeps his name alive. Yes. And mm-hmm. and he really was such an important teacher in the 20th century. Yeah, for sure. For all his wildness. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, I'm really glad that you know we have this book and that we are reminded of his legacy. So yeah, it's exciting. Um well yeah, you, you look through it a lot a lot when you're looking at at a clients yeah no I've definitely used it a lot and I'm still like I have to actually look at it for the facial recognition I don't have it downloaded like you do um you would if you sat you know I'm trying to train other herbalists to teach this class uh uh-huh cool because the truth is I like everyone else I'm gonna die Mm-hmm. And I don't want the class to die. I want, I want the ability to teach reading the body to be passed on to other people. So I have been gathering people who've studied with me or want to study with me to for that purpose. And I'm just trying to, you know, I, if I'm teaching somewhere, I'll throw them in and, you know, they'll be prepared to teach a section, but I'll have them start to teach. And yeah. that way, well, but I don't want to organize anything official. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done with that. You can pass the baton. It's fine. <laughs> but, but it is like, you have a really a cool drawings in here. I mean, yeah. I don't know. This is yeah, this- all the, those, all those indications mm-hmm. um, were done by Matt Wood and I in various copy sh- coffee shops around the country as we were teaching or I would fly out and meet him somewhere and or you know whatever but he'd he'd say well I think this one is this way yeah well a little more of this and we'd draw back and forth it was so much fun that's really cool yeah and Kate Parent did all the calligraphy Wow. Yeah, there's a real, so a lot of I'd be working on indications and she'd be sitting next to me working on the calligraphy. I learned how to do calligraphy by watching her. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, with the, with the drawings, like it's in one way, it's um, well, when you're seeing somebody in person and you see their face, mm. it's totally different. Totally. But in another way, like it's the drawings are kind of like a caricature and you yes. can kind of see the they're exaggerated in a way. Yeah, I mean, we in the beginning there's always the discussion well why don't you have real images of people well i mean when i was studying indications the only book back then was michio kushi's Mm. so every face was oriental 
Mm-hmm. You know, it is like, no, I want to have it be more like the simplest line drawing so that your mind fills in the rest. Yeah, yeah. in which it does. Yeah. Your mind does that. So that makes a lot of sense. Then you're not too distracted by the individual that you're looking at. It's the character. It's like the platonic form of the <laughs> of the, the diagnosis. Yeah. With the uh, indication. And then what does we can't say that word? Can we? Oh yeah, yeah. We I'll can. tell you a funny story. Uh, <laughs> I was asked to teach at uh, Tufts Medical School, and you know, just a pre-selective semester mm-hmm. and i thought what am i going to call this i can't call it herbal medicine you know because you get arrested for that mm-hmm. so i had a herbal treatments for organ systems i show up the first day get to my room i look on the door and there's a sign herbal medicine <laughs> everybody knows what it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's you funny. know and and uh you know, our medicine, the medicine of the earth is traditional medicine. Yeah. Western medicine is not traditional medicine. They are babies. Yeah. Toddlers compared to herbalists. Mm-hmm. I mean, herbalists have been walking the planet and tasting things and helping people much longer. And mm-hmm. I have, I have respect for Western medicine. I would be dead a number of times had yeah. I not called on them for their expertise. Right. And I do believe in working with doctors. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... I want, in an ideal world, I want my people to take my invoice in with them to the doctor and say, put this in my file. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. Then begins to be records. Right. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if there's a little more collaboration um, and between... Respect. And respect, yeah. yeah, between herbalists and doctors. Well, <laughs> working uh, with Seven Song, we got to see the Ithaca Free Clinic, where it's a mix of MDs, nurses, acupuncturists, herbalists, and Reiki practitioners, and true integration. Yeah, true integration. And then for the chronic healthcare patients, they all have a monthly meeting where they go over each of their files and see um, how they can help the person from all the different angles and maybe mm-hmm. somebody missed something in, in, in their that last conversation. Oh, so wonderful. It's really special. Yeah. So I think that's a great model um, for that. And it's a good goal to work towards. But yeah, like you said, there's just not that level of respect. So, but there average, are many doctors um, with- who do respect us. I mean, if I look back on the years, I was at Tufts six years and it was the most popular class in that group of preclinical oh. courses. And most of my students became big name integrative practitioners. Mm. That's awesome. You know, so it was wow. like, that was successful. You know, that because the herbs are powerful. They yeah. are. Yeah. You can't deny that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I and mean, to me, it seems like Western medicine has so many good qualities as far as like crisis and emergency, hmm. but there's really n- nothing. And, and some testing. <laughs> yeah, testing. They're really good. You know, like I can't see inside somebody's colon. I see uh, the indications, yeah. but I don't know if it's just a growth or an active tumor. Right. You know? So they they have really fancy tools. Yeah, blood tests. I have my own tools, but they're not as fancy as that. <laughs> yeah, but they're also high. You know, high maintenance. They're expensive. <laughs> yes. They're not needed for a lot of more day to day things and preventative and, care. Yeah, and yeah, keeping somebody just in, in right. balance and healthy. I think that's where yeah. herbal medicine understanding shines. nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are your main tools as a clinical herbalist in getting to the root cause of somebody's health concerns? You... Uh, listening is number mm. one. Okay. Yeah. So I make sure they come in no makeup and no fingernail polish. Nice. And I ask them not to eat something like blueberries that's going to radically change their appearance. Mm-hmm. So then I do my visual stuff. Mm-hmm. But I usually do that at the very end. But that is a very important tool to me. But the listening part 
is um, what I learned from Karen Sanders. And uh, when I was young, if somebody told their sad, sad story, I would cry. You know, it was like, and I thought, oh, good me, I'm empathetic. No, that's bad medicine. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, you're not a good practitioner. If I start crying while somebody's telling their story, it's role reversal and they begin feeling like the practitioner who has to take care of me. Mm -hmm. Man, that was a hard switch. Yeah. So Karen teaches you how to remain empty. So, and so did William. He didn't mm. phrase it the same way. So I didn't mm. learn it as deeply as I did with Karen. But the, when you're empty, the words are heard but they don't connect with your own memories of your own life. Once you connect it to some trauma or drama in your own life, something has happened and it's now about you. And, and William would say, when that happens, you do the love wash and you blink mm. and you remind yourself, no, I'm, or if you judge them, uh -huh. you know, uh, to do the love wash. Wow. And Karen would say to just get up, excuse yourself, leave the room, get centered again. Yeah. Come back. Oh, that's really good advice. Both of those things. Yeah. The love wash. Yeah. Love so that. let's see, being centered and empty, diagnostic skills. I, I love doing pulse work, mm -hmm. drop pulse testing, um, that's sort of what I've been teaching the, you know, every year there's sort of a special class that mm -hmm. I just am hot for. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I have my little test kit with two herbs. that will be good for a person and one that will not. Okay. So that people can be learning what a good reaction and a bad reaction mm -hmm. would be. Wow. Because when you're with somebody and you have, you know, 10 great liver herbs you could use mm -hmm. it's nice to narrow it down to the right one okay so how do you how do you do that do you are you having so the person you, pull the tincture you have your um fingers if i'm teaching i have two people on each pulse okay and then i have another person in front of them who gives the tincture i've suggested because uh -huh. i've already diagnosed them oops i used that word oh. <laughs> and uh <laughs> um and then I drop the one drop and draw it across. Okay. You don't want to go this way because then you've mucked up your little board of reading. Okay. So yeah. First drop, second drop, third drop. Gotcha. So you kind of go up. You don't want to put it on the same area all the time. Mm -hmm. And then you feel the pulse. Did it get better? Did it get worse? Did the tension leave? Did the did it arise up? Did they blush? Did they cry? Did they sweat? Did they laugh? Did their shoulders drop? I mean, there's, you know, wow. 50,000 things you want that you'll notice and you train yourself to mm -hmm. notice. Mm -hmm. What did you see? Can yeah. we try that later? Yes. Practice on <laughs> it is so much fun. Yeah. And it's really good to have a couple of herbs that, herbs that you know, just shake people up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of my one of my favorite ones is werewolf fruit, which I can never say the Latin name of. It has uh -huh. some syllables in the universe. But werewolf fruit, if you put it on, it's like the signature for werewolf fruit is change or die. All right. <laughs> and I was teaching this uh, up at Rosemary's in the year years and years ago. It, and uh, when I started teaching and was explaining drop pulse testing, she goes, she kind of laughed and said, oh, Margie, you just, you just have intuition. I said, oh, really? And there was one guy who was um, uh, powerful, I would say is word that was polite. And he, he sat down as the test person and I did an herb I knew would be really good for him. That was fine. And then I put the werewolf root on his pulse and he goes like this. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> and Rosemary in the back of the room goes, I never believed this for a minute, but it's true. Wow. 
Oh God! Whoa! He literally so, just like looked like a werewolf for a second there, huh? <laughs> and then I gave him the good herb again, just because I'm nice. Yeah, you gotta like balance that. <laughs> That's really, really great. I story. know it's a great <laughs> class. It's really fun because we all need to have confirmation. I mean, we there are so many wonderful herbs mm-hmm. that we don't want to give somebody you know even though it can be slightly different when you have the right herb there is no question yeah totally and then you don't want to waste your medicine too because it might not be good for that person but it'll be really good for the next person you know yeah i mean there are things you have to take into consideration and the tongue is the thing that will change fast okay like oh yeah healthy tongue now that was better Uh uh-huh but, you know, a lot of people really shouldn't consume alcohol. Mm-hmm. It is a spirit. Mm-hmm. So if they react negatively to everything, I just test a plain alcohol. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, so then you might just put the herb in their hand. Okay. Or even like Matt would write the name of the herb on a piece of paper and put that in their hand and it all works. Wow. That's just so cool. <laughs> that's really cool and then you know that that's when it gets a little spooky like this is yeah we're not living in the material reductionist universe <laughs> no not so much we're all connected yeah. yes yeah yeah we're all connected um so uh, in regards to the the facial uh diagnosis you're using facial diagnosis tongue diagnosis and fingernail diagnosis like yeah and Plus there are some toe indicators okay and, you know I, I mean i learn more as time goes by mm-hmm. endocrine i'm trying to really um concentrate the endocrine indicators so that that is a little bit easier because if you can figure out which endocrine gland is off everything gets better oh wow yeah i bet mm-hmm. yeah so you're still learning um do you want to talk about what a weight indications of three means? Because that comes up a lot in. Yep. The- so if if somebody has large intestine lines here, uh-huh. those are very common. Mm-hmm. Most people have those. Mm-hmm. If they have large intestine here and large intestine here, mm-hmm. and then a line across their nose and a line in between the upper, the lower lip and the chin there's more than three okay yeah so when you get like this the central line in between the eyebrows is the liver line Mm -hmm. that's a normal line for a lot of people Mm -hmm. but if you if they're complaining about vision issues and they're angry and have like verbal outbursts that can be liver indicator and um the liver will often show, you know, dark coloration at the back of the tongue. And, you know, I mean, so you have to have three before you pass judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that reminds me in astrology, we have the same thing, you know, like you've got to have at least three indications um, and then 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 you pass judgment. Right. <laughs> yeah. Except for B12. That has one. <laughs> What's that? If you curl your tongue. And, okay. it out and you have little they're like little octopus legs that come down uh-huh. um on the oftentimes people have blue veins under their tongue and it'll be right along there yeah that is a clear b12 indication like you're lacking intrinsic, b12. lacking b12 and okay. probably lacking intrinsic factor hmm. usually <laughs> you have to have a toothpick okay uh, because they as soon as you put your tongue out, it sticks back down. Yeah. You get really good at looking for them. It's like, oh. And some people put their tongue out and it's like, whoa, okay, you need B12 by the gallon. Uh-huh. <laughs> so but those um, are all the MTHFR mutations. Mm-hmm. Humans are mutating. Uh-huh. So yeah. So good. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's, so speaking of B12, um, do you find in your practice that there are a lot of mineral deficiencies just with our modern diet and Definitely. yeah. 
And so do you the, earth, the, the soil isn't rich? Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Organic food is a must in my practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you have to eat well mm -hmm. to get the minerals because right, it's not there in the soil like it used to be. I mean, even within my lifetime, yeah, there's been a huge decrease in nutrient values in soil. Yeah, it's such it's so frustrating, really, because it's like even if you're eating whole foods, veggies, fruits, meats, whole grains, if they're not grown in organic, you know, practices or by local farmers, like you're just still not getting the nutrients and it's it's frustrating. So do you recommend um, supplementation at time or do you really come back to diet? Sometimes I, I believe you should take the supplements you need. I'm not a big multivitamin person because mm -hmm. often, okay. not always, but often the uh, quality of at least three or four things is sacrificed to put it into a multivitamin. Like how do you put oils in a multi? vitamin yeah yeah right so i believe in looking you know if you have little still little chippies all around your cuticles you're missing basic minerals silica maybe calcium if you have white clouds on your fingernails that's a calcium deficiency if you have little what are they white clouds or dots if they're bright white dots they're white clouds clouds i've always had them well, you need to do something about that. And calcium? So you probably should check your hydrochloric acid level. Because absorption of calcium, you need to have hydrochloric acid, right? To absorb calcium. Uh -huh. Otherwise, it misassimilates. So people get things like arthritis. Mm. Huh. Well, so, right now. Yeah, so just <laughs> squeeze a lemon. Have a glass of slippery elm or milk or almond milk or something mm -hmm. handy. Chug it, put a little water in it so it doesn't burn all the way down, but chug half a lemon mm -hmm. down. And if you feel better in five minutes, chances are you need hydrochloric acid. And mm. if you start burning, drink the milk of okay. milk you like. Because if you have always had clouds, but your hair isn't white, yeah, what white hair is an indication of a lack of calcium or a lack of B vitamins. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, this is where I love the puzzle. I want to ask them 50 questions now. Right? But I retired. Can <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to one of yeah. my or, or we'll have to trade for an astrology reading. I, you know, not diagnosed. I <laughs> it could be, be fun. I've got, you know, um, um but yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, um, something regarding when you see, when you're seeing a lot of clients, you're exposed to a lot of different energy and, you know, you talked about crying in in your early days. Yeah. So how do you cleanse and protect yourself in your space and your family? Yeah. I clear my house in between every client. Okay. So when I was seeing clients all the time, mm -hmm. I would, uh, at the time, I would burn sage and sweetgrass. Mm -hmm. So now, trying to be more conscious about my choices. Yeah. Even though I get herbs that are taken with prayer and, you know, proper ritual, I do understand the, the recent thoughts. So mm -hmm. I tincture sage and sweetgrass and spray oh nice yeah it's like there's always a way uh -huh. and you use so little of the actual herb to uh -huh. make it and mm -hmm. it travels on a plane i can clear a whole plane wow and i do that's great <laughs> <laughs> so what i do uh, my ritual i which i learned from rosemary and david uh -huh. is to start in the east pray okay. call in the energies Mm -hmm. spray or burn in the old days and go from east south west north and i do the whole floor that is public okay including the bathrooms and uh -huh. you know all the space because i don't want that ghostbuster goo in my life you know <laughs> i'm happy people release but i don't want it yeah, yeah. it's gotta keep and it is it's like 
tangible. Yes, I it know. It is like go, Ghostbuster go. Yes. <laughs> so I clear and I also have bells and mm -hmm. I also have, you know, I have crystal bells and the big metal Tibetan bells and cute little chimes with mallets. And I like toys. Yes. <laughs> you know, more the merrier. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes maybe to transmute certain energy, the sound works better than the plants. And you always have to leave a door or a window open. To let it flow out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And just go back to the earth because the earth can handle a lot better than we can, right? Yeah. Yeah. And That's I protect cool. myself too. Mm -hmm. I have a, a very brief meditation where I'll, I'll call on the Archangel Michael, who is stunningly beautiful mm. in his blue robes, a little short. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, he comes toward me from the mist and we clasp, he merges with me and we clasp his sword. Uh -huh. And then I cut the cords right, left, above, in front of, behind. And then I jump in my mind and cut underneath so oh, that cool. there's nothing attaching to me. And then I surround myself in a pure white light. And then around that, I do a pure blue light. Mm. And I do my property. Yeah, you let um, it expand. Yeah, because all this is, people enter into this space and it's sacred space. So it has to be cleared. And yeah. I have to be cleared. I love that meditation with yeah. Archangel Michael. Did did Archangel Michael like teach you how to do that? No, I, I learned it. I might've learned that from Sandra Ray or Bernie oh. Siegel or somebody back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it has a lot of similarities to like a banishing ritual mm. or something like that, too. Calling on archangels, going the directions. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that seems like a very useful, effective, effective thing to do. Yeah. 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 And there are, I mean, the directions are important to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, my property, I'm caretaker for this property. You know, when I moved here, it literally was a junkyard. The, oh, wow. the house was here i rebuilt it but the um the yard itself had oil trucks like household oil and the guy like it was the neighborhood dump you know there was all kinds of junk out there i wrote it till all the soil blew away not a worm here and now you would never know that it is yeah. rich and you know i brought in two truckloads of topsoil and I built it up with the cuttings from the fruit and vegetable store down the street every day and nice. seaweed from the ocean and fish heads from the market and oh. just built it mm -hmm. yeah that's special so of course you have you know a really strong yeah, relationship you do. with the land and the yeah the spirits of the land yeah um <laughs> my uh son-in-law <clears throat> i have a grandson when he was about, i don't know 10 or something he said marmar daddy said fairies aren't real i said oh really when we sit out in the garden at sunset what do you see mm -hmm. i said don't let anyone ever tell you what you see yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true i love that <laughs> um i'm just thinking about sitting in your garden now <laughs> and watching welcome to come sit in my garden well thank you you can come and sit in the garden and hear jazz oh yeah i have the top musicians in the area here every other week oh really yeah oh that's so special that's yeah fun. and if you come to the international oh that's just for teachers oops okay it's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so let's see what other questions so um i wanted to ask you um a question too about your in your experience over the years as a clinical herbalist is there advice that you would give to your former self or to up-and-coming herbalists um that you now understand with so many years 
of experience? Um, yes. Okay. So I was famous for giving people too much herb. You know, I would, I always thought, of course, they're going to want to take three months of herbs. Okay. You know, so they, it's a lot more manageable to take a little normal, maybe twice as big as normal tea boxes you would buy at the store, but um, don't give them too much and don't give them too many herbs. Make decisions about what goes first. And instead of trying to encompass all their issues, because everything comes out during an intake. And often yeah. the most important thing comes out as they're just about to walk out the door. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. It's like, you're just mentioning that now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing that I do that I found helpful later in the later years was at the bottom of my I have one page I put all my notes on <clears throat> and I would put on the bottom next time and mm. then I would write a few notes because you can't remember everything it's true yeah. so I remember my first 10 clients every detail but everyone after that is like I mean I don't know how many clients I have but yeah it's a big file box back there uh-huh <laughs> Yeah, that's a great way to just pick up right where you left off. Yeah. You know, and remind yourself what's next. And take yeah. a picture. A picture. You know, a digital photograph. Uh-huh. Because, you know, it is, it's natural to not notice change. Right. But if you're, if, you know, if you uh, draw out their tongue or take a picture of their tongue in their face and they notice, oh my God, I have color now or that coating on my tongue is gone, or those lines on my forehead have changed. Wow. Some lines change, some don't. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. But the ones that do change, you can tell them about. And right. I do think it is very important to give everyone reminders of their strengths before mm -hmm. they leave. It's mm -hmm. like if they have, um, you know, big, fat, juicy earlobes. Uh-huh. Oh, you have great kidney chi. You came in with so much chi, you can go through anything. And they're, you know, facing chemo and radiation or something. And yeah. And it's like, oh, thank goodness I can put my cape back on. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to give people hope. Right. Yeah. So that's good to just, rem you know, focus on, you know, the strong suits to give people that confidence that. They can heal. Change somebody's life. Yeah. By telling them what their strong attributes are. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Or their their opinion of their own face. You know, I mean, if you have great big eyes and a great big nose with great big nostrils and big wide fat lips that mm -hmm. are juicy, yeah. those are all good things. That means you have a strong constitution, unibrow, mm -hmm. best one. Yeah. And it's like, and people have been embarrassed about their big nose or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can say, you have the best nose. Did you know that, you know, your nose is supposed to have nice big round holes. If your nose is all narrow like this, you know, you probably have something going on. And they're like, wow. I can love my nose now. That's so special. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. To me that also, it's interesting to see that the, how, uh, facial diagnosis and physiognomy intersect too, because I've been studying physiognomy a little bit, astrological physiognomy. Um, and it's really amazing to see like how different planets and signs uh, <laughs> manifest in, in the, in the face. And in we the body. are a reflection of our universe. Yeah. <laughs> True. Literally. <That's> yes. <laughs> Yeah. So you can see those, I mean, there's, there's so much detail too, to like every part of the face. And then like, as you're saying, like things change depending on your health. Yeah. So there's a, I mean, there's a, just like a whole, whole mine of wisdom, I think. Yeah. In that study. Yeah. Um, but I did want to ask you, so about your book. So the practicing herbalist. Uh, we'll put the new one up here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's this is this is a second edition and you've got the fourth edition that's the newest yeah. edition. Um so this is a you know another amazing uh mine of wisdom. Uh yeah. But 
or Garden of Wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> look, it's a good book. There's a lot in it. But so what happened? <laughs> <laughs> what? But but in your new edition, there's even more in it. What, yeah. So what? what okay. What so you from your edition to this edition, I actually don't remember all the details, but the latest edition has the endocrine system. Nice. And um, cancer mm -hmm. treatments and Lyme disease mm -hmm. and how to use a sous vide. <laughs> <laughs> Then you get to see a picture of my son. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Uh, brain injury. Oh, God. There's so much in here. I mean, the, the book covers how to how to organize your office. So all and all the all those details change in time. So the whole yeah, book yeah. is updated. Uh -huh. um, I'm going to look at the table of contents and cheat. Um, so how to set up your office, how to see clients and ask questions. So it's got my intake and you should not copy my intake. You should make your own. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't know why you're asking a question, why are you answering? Why are you asking it? You know, mm -hmm. figure it out. Yeah. Um, accounting. Mm -hmm. Every herbalist should take a business course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how to run QuickBooks. Yeah. Totally. And QuickBooks is a flawed program. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I've been using online classes, like you know, virtual. That's all new, so that's in yeah. there. Oh yeah, yeah. Calcium, HPV, cancer. Oh yeah, HPV. That's a good one. Have in there. That's worldwide. Yep. Uh, intrinsic factor, understanding it. That I. The lack of intrinsic factor affects. 740 something known medical conditions and that's only the ones that show up as serious medical conditions it doesn't count any of the minor ones wow i never heard a doctor talk about it uh-huh would you mind talking a little bit about that very quickly so for those of us so in yeah. your stomach there's a glycoprotein that um is able to transform all the B vitamins. If you're missing intrinsic factor, you can't absorb B vitamins. Wow. Yeah. B vitamins are essential for life. Yeah. So you have to skip the stomach <clears throat> and go sublingual. Okay. So a spray or a homeopathic or um, a liquid vitamin but it has to go under your tongue because all those little octopus legs I was talking about are reaching for B12. And when they disappear, you've got enough of it. Wow. Okay. Thank so you. it's like cancer, all mental disorders, autoimmune oh. disease. Wow. All anemias are all a lack of intrinsic factor. That's 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 kind of uh, mind blowing. Yeah. It is mind blowing, and the you know there are herbs that help you encourage it. You know, if you make keloiding scars, that's lack of intrinsic factor. Hmm. You know, like I can't have open heart surgery, or have a pacemaker because if they cut into me, I just start growing scars. Hmm. You know, I had my appendix out when I was fourteen, and then had surgery 20 years later they pulled me right off a plane that <laughs> threw me in the hospital and i had a fist of scar tissue where the incision was oh my gosh so i don't think i can do that to my heart yeah Ooh. um color constitutional body types all that stuff yeah yeah awesome amazing yeah, it's it's my whole life in practice. Yeah. Yeah, I really I like how personal it is too. Like you you even share all of your artwork or not all of it, but a lot yeah. of your artwork in it right from the cover and it's gorgeous and you have all these anecdotes and stories and pictures. I love the picture of you and Matthew Wood and William Lasassia yeah. in the front like yeah. sweet. Um yeah, so this is a real gem. So thank you for 
you know, taking the time and space to write it and get it out there to us. We really, it, it is, you know, I'm hoping that it lives on. Yes, yeah. it will. Absolutely. So is there anything that's coming up next for you, Margie, as we wrap up our hour together? Coming up next. Well, we have um, the international coming up. So that's going to be live again. So that's cool. That'll be in June. Uh -huh. And I'm teaching in Ontario Ooh. for the new person. So that's fun. Nice. Uh, I think that's May. Uh -huh. And I teach every year in California near outside San Francisco. And where else? New Hampshire a lot, you know, because the women's herbal is going to be smaller bioregional meat gatherings. So nice. there's one in New Hampshire and probably going to be one in Maine. Uh-huh. Um, and then private schools have hired me out so i don't think you can just jump in on those yeah right. yeah awesome well and if you if folks want to find I'll out have one more, class in my own yard oh yeah summer i teach one awesome and so you can come and study with me here would the best way to find out about those just to be to go to your website and sign up for your mailing list yeah okay and what's your website it's earth song herbals E-A-R-T-H-S-O-N-G herbals with an S.com. Awesome. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you again, Margie. This has been fabulous. Really like talking to you. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. Thanks.